What's up? It's Wednesday, February 22nd, and you're listening to another episode of the Chasing Points Podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. See, here's the thing, guys. We had a great show for you today. There's a lot going on. We got our, our friends are in the building. Or yes, hello. Dave and uh, Harrison. Brandon's hey. here as well, laughing his ass off at me. <laughs> As you know, Brandon changed the intro to this, <laughs> despite the fact that I'm the one that read it, reads it every week. So you're right. Here we are. You know, it's kind of like what just happened to Liverpool uh, with uh, Real Madrid. Uh, they thought they were in a game and then, boom, got punched right in the mouth. Things just change. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, gentlemen, welcome back. Uh, appreciate having you guys back. I know this is going to be a very, very entertaining podcast this week, uh, especially from the topics that we've spoken about individually. But uh, Sam, lead us right into the All-Star game, man, which we didn't speak about last week, which I don't know why neither of us did. Yeah, man, the All-Star uh, NBA All-Star weekend happened and we didn't we didn't bring it up so here we are uh post-mortem on the uh nba all-star weekend hell of a game right guys uh, uh, yeah okay uh right. team a uh, team lebron <laughs> lost to team Giannis, mm -hmm. 184 to 175 that's something and uh jason tatum won the mvp award 55 points uh 10 rebounds six assists so Tatum's 55 points broke uh, Anthony Davis's record from a few years back. I think he had 52. And after scoring a team-high 17 points in the first half, Tatum came back and dominated in that second half, and uh, the rest is history there. Guys, uh, I guess initial thoughts, I will throw it to Brandon as usual, but um, you know what? Screw that. Dame, what'd you think of the NBA All-Star game? Um, It's pretty dry. <laughs> I, I do like Jason Tatum getting the uh, Kobe Bryant award. I wasn't sure if that was the first one. Is that the first year they've done that? Uh, this is the first year of the awards. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just want to double check. Now it's um, it's pretty dry, man. It's but I like to see it just for nostalgia purposes. Like I think if they ever did do away with it, I'd be sad about it. But I do like it being there. But they got to do something with it. Got to change the competition level or something. I, I'm not sure. Like I don't have an answer for it. But I'd barely watch it, honestly. Yeah, I didn't watch much of all of it. I mean, I saw up to leading up to it, but usually I'm really pumped. We've spent in the past episodes just talking about getting ready for the All Star game, and kind of just came. The weekend came and went. Harrison, what were your thoughts on uh, what happened Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, I think the first kind of thing to realize is, I guess, All Star games are are not for our age demographic anymore. I, I think they're for should the be. I think they're for younger fans. I think for they're for kids, for people that are kind of watching the superstars and um, you know want to want to get want to see them all on the court together. So I think first and foremost, it's important to kind of remember that a little bit from MLB to NBA to all that stuff. It's it's for for a younger audience, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, it's just dry. It's you know me and Brandon talked about it. I think last time I was on, and it's kind of just the offensive talent in the league is kind of dwarfed all defensive talent so much, and the games night in and night out are. Um, a little dry here and there, despite all mm -hmm. the amazing performances. Um, so 
Yeah, for me, I turn it off at halftime. I can only watch so many alley-oops. Like, I, I was cool with it. Um, obviously, the teams weren't competing at a high level. Um, there's got to be some things that are that are changed here. Like, I think they should really go to look at kind of the internationals versus the U.S. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think, you know, with where the league is at, having those lineups against each other could be cool. Uh, I think shorter quarters would help. Um, but I, I do like the Elam ending. Um, I think that's been a good addition. But other than that, yeah, just a little dry. Some some years they compete, some years they don't. Uh, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, Brent, <sighs> Brennan, now it's now it's your turn. You're welcome. First, first, you can go to hell. Two, <laughs> I appreciate what everybody said, and I'm in agreement with most. But I'm gonna say f all that because I'm tired of the all-star games that we are watching a collective of superstars play and we want to see a pure talent like i remember kobe saying a while back everybody wants to see this is the only time we really get to see all of these players together and you want to see the best basketball game ever like these guys against each other the superpower team against each other and then we don't really see this, as, as Harrison said, we just see alley-oops and move out my way. I'm going to throw the ball around you and come up and windmill around you, which we know if this was a real competitive game, that's not happening. Uh, if these guys are these guys play more competitive games at like UCLA than they do on the All-Star game, which is the biggest stage for all of them. Uh, I wish we would get more competitive games. <clears throat> I, I wish it was like what we grew up and saw because to to your point, Harrison, what we used to see was like the first half, it was like, okay, fun, haha, throw alley-oops, do all this crazy stuff. Second half, game on, right? And it was, I'm coming for your neck. I'm trying to win this game. I don't really know where they go from here or what they do from here. Uh, it, essentially, to the point for me, is like they might as well play uh, flag basketball at this point. Like if, they, if we can make a, a thing up, like bring back rock and drop basketball or something, or something yeah. like that. I'm I'm just they might as well just bring uh, make the whole court trampolines and just have everybody jump on it. That'd be more entertaining than the shit that we just saw. That's my honest opinion on it. It's not like they can, you know, there's really no history or like solidarity, like East versus West or whatever, but to have this like draft, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's not really geared towards us. You're absolutely right. If anything, it just generates content, but, Mm -hmm. um, to have this draft them get drafted like a half an hour before the game like and okay we're gonna go play hard it's like i don't even know you don't even have enough time to remember who's on your team like you're they're wearing the same color uniform so it's it's kind of like it's an all-star game it none of it bothers me the question is like how can we fix the all-star game it's just it 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 at it's there it's there um i think the, the thing with hold on one second with the yeah. mlb the major league baseball all-star game they put real life consequences on it and everyone hated it and everyone was you know upset and this was because they ran out of pitchers in milwaukee in like 2002 or three or whatever it was and like okay let's have it decide home field advantage and everyone hated it so it's like there's where's the middle ground i just i i don't see it sorry Harrison, go. no no all good i think the point you made was a good one like when we had east versus west there were some built-in kind of rivalries and stakes of what you're playing for like picking your team in half an hour before doesn't lend to that because you don't even care who you're playing or going up against 
Um, yeah, it's for the storylines, but you need a little bit more drawn out storylines. So even picking teams ahead of time, like they did last year was, I think, better than what they tried to do this year. Um, but like you said, like fixing it, like Brandon, I, I don't really remember a time where it was that competitive. Like maybe every once in a while you got a good fourth quarter, but for the most part, this game has kind of always been like this. Um, but it is what it is. For majority of the games, yeah, I'd say so. But I, I still feel with the people, the likes of the the Chris Pauls, the Kobe's, the type I'm going to go for you next because I want to win, it always changed in the second half. The first half, it was always this. Like, that's what I always felt like watching. It was like, okay, cool. You know what it was going to be. Yeah, we're going to see, like, uh, the best dunks and the best crossovers. And I'm going one-on-one, and we're just doing iso ball. Like, I, I love that. I don't mind it. But I do want to see at least a competitive half. Like, I want to see the best guys go against the best guys. That's just what I would like to see. But to your point, Harrison, overall, the majority of the time is exactly what we just saw. So, yeah, I think I remember the the best one being the year Kobe passed. Um, And then they instituted that that ending. And that was a good one. Yeah. Um, But that one had that one had some stakes, I guess. You know what I mean? Like everyone was playing in Kobe's memory and, and, and so on and so forth. So. Yeah, it's it was tough to fresh off of his passing too. Yeah. It was only a yeah. few weeks. Yeah, I mean, you it's guys tough. think it has anything to do with the fact of like the players of this generation seem to be more friends than in the past? Well, at I mean, least that's in the a, public eye. Yeah, that's always been the gripe, right? Everyone just going out partying, and Jordan wanted to, you know, kill you, kill everybody. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of yeah. like LeBron's on a banana boat with his friends, and like Jordan, you know, would doesn't didn't have that same attitude it's just kind of yeah it speaks to the differences in in eras if you will i, I would yeah. say maybe though i mean for me like i kind of want to beat my friends more than i want to beat some random stranger to be honest with you. it's, bra- it's bragging yeah. rights yeah it's, it's absolutely bragging rights that's why Jalen brown and jason tatum was so entertaining for yes fun, yeah. exactly because they can go back to practice and be like so you remember what i did to you on the court like you remember <laughs> what i did yeah now nah, everybody right, remember knows. that <laughs> Like that's that's great. Like those little mini storylines are are cool. Um, but I, I think too, and before we move on to the next part of this, um Harrison brought up a, a great point. Um, and I really do feel that they should have the US against international because that kind of reminds me of like when the mega teams go and play and they are super competitive, even with all that talent. The international team has a ton of talent. You got Luca, you got Giannis, right? You just just those two on top of everybody else that they have. That game would be a crazy game in itself. So, if they if there were some stakes on the line, I don't know what they do, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, here the barometer is too. Everyone said the same thing about the Pro Bowl. They changed. They took a risk. I mean, the NFL doesn't really take risks. They just kind of do things, and it ends up working. But uh, they they changed the Pro Bowl and what what we feel about the Pro Bowl, eh? like it was cool, but like probably the same amount of people watched it than they did the year before. You know, maybe a little more because of the hype. So it's just kind of just going to go in circles. It exists because of TV ratings and sponsorships and a way for the NBA to put the attention on itself for three days. And to, for Nike to drop shoes, you know, so it's just kind of like that's <laughs> that's why I really hope my my only I know they've talked about it and I, I really hope this is what it turns into. I hope they make it a midseason tournament. 
and they can save the all-star game for the end of the season because having an all-star game in the middle of the season, Braun just hurt his hand, which we're going to get into in a second, right, in that game. And I'm sure these guys don't want to hurt themselves midseason if they have a chance to potentially go somewhere. So you're not going to get that full effort that you may get when the season's over, right, and have those accolades <clears throat> because this is, as we know, the second half of the season is the most important half. Like, not saying the first half isn't important, but the second is the most important for that playoff push. So you, you're going to go and give your all during that, right? It's it's not going to be what we expect. It's never going to be that way. If it's at the end of the season, I can see more effort given. But if there's like a midseason tournament when there's actually something on the line, maybe something towards standings, maybe uh, monetary uh, purposes, I think that <clears throat> that would be the better effort or better event that they could put in the middle of the season. I'd like that better. I can agree yeah. with that. I mean, it happened. It was a way to celebrate the league for the weekend. And it was a it was a wild weekend, but especially when one of the own your own head coach of one of the teams, <laughs> Michael Malone of the of the uh Nuggets, basically said it's the worst basketball game he's ever played. Well, I mean, certainly not a competitive game. And uh who called uh Jalen Brown called it a glorified layup line which I thought was hilarious and true. So it's just, uh, you know, uh, it was, it, it happened. It happened. It happened. Yeah. It's over now. It happened. It happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, injury is a huge part of, it, as you mentioned uh, just a second ago, Hayes, uh, LeBron left with a right hand contusion uh, probably happened on that Siakam block. And, uh, you know, just days before the all-star game, Giannis got hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, hurt his right hand and then uh, you know just started the game did tip off I, I think had a dunk and he was he was done for the night just so the fans could see him so you know it was a but it, it was a kind of a interesting weekend when you got to all-star Saturday right uh, all the the skills competition which they they changed up I think a couple years ago I mean you had the three-point shot which uh, Dame Lillard was just on fire, took away surprise with that. And then you have uh the slam dunk competition, which was <laughs> I was watching at a restaurant. I was like, okay. And uh now the whole world knows who Mac McClung is. And I had no idea who he was. He's Billy Hoyle from White Man Can't Jump. Wow. There you go. <laughs> wow. Not Mac McClung. <laughs> That's fair. So the 76ers. That's fair. Yeah. This dude was in the G League on a Tuesday and he gets called up probably just so he can serve in this slam dunk competition. And three of his four dunks scored a perfect 50, only one vote. Uh, he only got one nine in the whole all through all four dunks. So it's wild. Uh, yeah. So just very interesting, uh, interesting dunks, man. It, uh, it was fun. I think, uh, LeBron called him one of the best dunkers and, competition history or something yeah because lines. lebron's ass is sitting on the sideline okay i'm taking this over uh -oh. lebron james is I, I don't agree with Stephen a on most of the damn things that he says but the dunk contest has not been the same since lebron has dunked the dunk contest we all want to see lebron dunk we all want to see it harrison this is your dude the guy that is your favorite player i know damn well deep down in your heart you want to see him in a dunk contest and see him absolutely show out Everybody that watches and loves basketball wants to see you show out, and you chose not to do it. And guess what? 
everybody started to follow suit after you. So we don't get to see the real people that we actually want to see dunk in it. Now we have to see G-leaguers, and probably next year they're going to get YouTubers off the damn street dunking because they do better dunks than the NBA players. I'm sick and tired of this goddamn <laughs> slam dunk contest that's not a slam dunk contest anymore. It's annoying. It's really annoying. I see better dunks on YouTube every damn day. And we can't even watch it with all-stars that do and jump higher than all these people. I'm I'm so over this shit, man. I really, I really, really am. Man, it, the slam dunk contest hits a nerve. Keeps uh, it does. Wow. It does because it used to be so great. Like, Mac did extremely well. Like, he yeah. brought that energy... So- that you wanted to see in a slam dunk contest. Like it's it's sad that everybody in the dunk contest, essentially nobody really knows. If we're gonna be truthful about it, nobody really knows them to that extent. And all the people that are on the sideline with their phones is like, we want to see you, we want to see you. You're not dunking, you're not dunking, just... and we're watching G Leaguers come in. Homeboy got a Puma deal at the end of this. He dunked so well, he dunked himself into a Puma deal. <laughs> Dunked himself into like, a Puma deal. Shout out to him, but it, they no, got to be better. I mean, but ever. back in the back in the day, that dunk contest was like what it took to make someone into a rising star. Like mm-hmm. nobody knew who T Mac was. People had an idea of Vince Carter. So, like the point is to put yourself on the map. So, and and my other thing is, do we really think Braun is gonna bring dunks like that? I feel like he's more of an in-game dunker. Like you got, you know. I don't think he's going to do So you're saying it's a business game. decision <laughs> on the bronze bat. And, and he knows that he's not that type of dunker. Mm-hmm. Okay. But also the point of that dunk contest when they started was to take a young guy who had some potential, you know, put a little pizzazz out there while the crowd and everyone gets interested in him. You know, like when, when T-Mac and them did that, there was only, you know, Vince Carter jerseys out there. Like they were about to trade T-Mac and it was about to be over, which they ended up doing because he built his value. But he does that dunk contest, and it's the equivalent of the Rising Star Challenge, put himself on the map. So if you're these guys now, like an Ant Edwards, imagine him risking his career on a dunk contest when he already is on the map and has everything he wanted to. It well, was really just a popularity booster. That's why most of the people do it in their, like, to your point, they do it in their first couple of years, right? I'm not right. saying, of course, we would love to see it. Braun said next year, because Zion is flirting with the idea of, doing the dunk contest next year. Ja already said no. But if LeBron tomorrow was like, you know what? I'm going to do the dunk contest next year. Do you know how many people would be like, yeah, no, I'm trying to get in on this dunk contest that are actually like serious dunkers? It's to your point, Dame, nobody's going to do it right now that it's that could really injure themselves. But when you start off, it's kind of like, okay, we know you got bunnies. We see all this like. What's homeboy from uh, the Rockets that jumps out of the gym? Jalen Green? Um, right? Jalen Green. Right? Yeah. So, like, when he – you already know what he was doing in, in high school before coming there. So you absolutely want to see what he was going to do there. He was already on the map because of that. But you still want to see it on a level against other superior athletes. And I feel that we're always robbed on that compared to what we used to get, which were essentially the best yeah. dunkers at that time. The competition was definitely more fierce. It, yeah. And it, it's yeah. the same issue as the All-Star game. Like, what do you get out of it now at this yeah. point? Mm-hmm. Sure. But that's why I agree with Dame's point. It's like we've already seen these guys and marketed them so highly in high school. So, like, there's nothing for them to gain by doing the dunk contest anymore other than saying, 
okay, he's the best dunker, maybe. But if they lose that, then he's not the best dunker. So they're like living off the mystique of like, oh no, I could do it, but like I'm not going to. That's that was exactly gonna be my point. And that's like it it sucks for us, like as fans, because obviously, yes, like Mac McClung did fine, but he but it's it's just not what you want to see. Like you want to see Ja, you want to see Zion. Yeah, I wish LeBron would have done it 15 years ago. Yeah, of course. Yeah, (laughs) of course. It's like, but there still are young dunkers out there like Ann Edwards, like that can do it and need to have like a little bit of like pride in it that Mm -hmm. could like bring this back. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like Dame said, they're they're already so hyped. Like we have like overhyped everyone to this point. Um, and, And it is a problem. And for the dunk contest specifically. Yeah, the home but, run derby they and they give the winner like a million bucks now, you know. And at the oh, time when sick. like Aaron Judge won, like he wasn't even making a million dollars. So I mean, like Pete Alonso famously that like said, you know, yeah, why not? You know, I he wasn't making nearly a million in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, why not? Just to <laughs> have batting practice. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they to Harrison's point, it, they have more to lose than to gain. And I don't think mm-hmm. a 39 year old LeBron is doing a dunk. No, no, that was just no, me like, throwing it out there yeah. that we know that we would love to see it. I've, I've, I obviously do not believe that LeBron is going to ever touch a slam dunk contest. That time has gone and passed a long time ago to Harrison's point 15 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's gone. But for the, the young dunkers, like I love that Zion is flirting with the idea of actually doing it. His ass needs to get into the gym first and lose some weight. And probably work on his mobility and his body before he does anything else because he can't land properly. And that's one of my biggest gripes are for him. But I would absolutely love to see Zion dunk the ball. I didn't see us fat shaming Zion this early in the show. Yep. Well, you got it. It was there. I like it. Continue. Yeah, I was saving that for Do You Care, but I guess nope. we're doing it now. I, honestly, I would say maybe the smart marketing move for LeBron now is to do the dunk contest and beat all these young kids at 38. But, you know, hey. Oh, you something else to add to the resume. That, Brad would be crazy. Like, yeah, I got all the points now. Let me go and try this against these young kids. <laughs> yeah. Show, right, show right. you what I got. The la- last point I wanted to make on this, I thought it was fascinating that, like, they showed the sidelines of the, the baseline and, and, you know, all that. The athletes, the stars that were mm-hmm. there were kind of just like, there were some dunks where they didn't even do anything. And then, I, you know, you close your eyes and you remember like Shaq with the camcorder. I think it was the Vince Carter, <laughs> like making that that Shaq face. And it's like, well, he was doing yeah. it for Mac. It was hilarious, yeah. but he was doing it for Mac. But so the same, I love that. But you know, like the yes. energy of the active players, yes. like KG, all these guys like, oh, what just happened? You know, and like, I mean, obviously the Vince Carter dunk contest is probably the that's the one that's always etched it, in my mind. Right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. any sports fan, any basketball fan knows where they were on you know that saturday night watching that so i mean yeah i mean we saw blake griffin kind of j- dunk over a car i mean i you know what what's there left to do like i you know i don't know but it yeah it happened yeah. i hope i hope blake griffin is still getting the bag for jumping over that bum ass kia i really hope he's still getting money for that because he has that, to be bro yeah i hope so <laughs> i really really hope so um yeah say a we got the yeah. basketball hall of fame. Yeah, speaking of Hall of Famers, Blake Griffin. No, I'm just gonna Yeah, uh, right. Basketball <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, some finalists were announced for the 2023 class of uh, that's the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, uh, Massachusetts. It was announced Friday night, part of All-Star Weekend, included <clears throat> D. Wade, 
Dirk, Paul Gasol, and uh, for coaching Greg Popovich. Just star-studded, easy first ballot, you know, Hall of Famers here. Some of the best talent on and on the court and to hold a clipboard in, in NBA history. So, you know, feel feel for any of the returning uh, athletes that are trying to get get on this year's ballot because it is absolutely stacked. Not going to happen. Didn't, didn't even mention Tony Parker, Becky Hammond as well. Like just, you know, a, a solid class. And now we're tr- starting to get into like, you know, seeing, oh man, I remember when he was drafted. I remember him in college. And now it's like, at least for me, it's like, damn, this you know career's well over, and now they're in they're in the Hall of Fame. So just wild. You guys thoughts on uh thoughts on this class? Harrison's looking one. at the cameras. Okay, go ahead. I, Dan. Have, I have one, and I'm only going to comment on one person. Yeah, he's going to say Dwayne. Oh, I knew it. With the step back. <laughs> I knew it. I knew Listen, it. Listen, that's it. I, I'm just so happy to see that name on there as well deserved. Like. I think he he transcended the game in his own way, and there's not much to say, man. Dwayne Wade's the guy. I like Dirk too, but all I care about on this list is Dwayne Wade, honestly. <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome to see like so many great names. Um, I you know I love the Basketball Hall of Fame. They're not too selective. It's not too political like the MLB one. I mean, you know, if you do something you know worthy in this game, you get to be there. Um, it's a cool place to go as well. Um, so, you know, excited to see, you know, the celebration and all that going on. But, you know, this is a solid, solid list. And I think it'll continue to be there's this has just been a, a great era of basketball, um, all star game, notwithstanding. So, um, you know, good list. Uh, I was just there this weekend um, in Springfield, literally drove right past this, wanted to go in there. And I was just like, mm, don't really support the all star game anymore. But to Dame's point. Uh, Dwayne Wade is one of my favorite players of all time. Um, he is literally top three uh, favorite players for me ever. Uh, so this might be a trip that I have to wake or bake back up to Springfield, take a little two hour drive up there. Dame, you're more than willing to hop in the car. Uh, but I also want to see Dirk. Uh, if, for those that don't know, I used to be a Mavericks fan. Um, and it, he was part of the reason I was a Mavericks fan. Dirk Nowitzki. I love what they built down there. And he is a big part of what we see now from the international players. Seeing how he played influenced a lot of the guys that are in the league now. Luka is probably one of the prime people that he influenced. Uh, And ironically, he went to that same team. Uh, Shout out to Pal. I mean, Pal was never really one of my favorite players, but he's a gamer. He's he's always been a gamer, uh, and he's got rings to prove that too. Uh, he was definitely cold on there and and well respected amongst his peers. But Pop is 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 probably one of the most unsung heroes in this this Hall of Fame induction class because of what he does on the court and what he says after the games when it always comes to uh, social injustices, any political thing that he stands firmly against. Um, I love that he always uses his voice in the right way and stands up. Uh, for the players understanding where he works and who he works with um, and how he kind of treats all the players like they're his sons, essentially, like they're a part of his family. And you can see the embrace of any of his former play- former players. Just watch any game that he plays against one of his former players, the love that they always give them. And if you've ever played any time of sport 
and you have that one coach that you know you always love that did something for you that you will never ever forget that's pop for a lot of people uh so i'm happy to see him get his flowers tony parker a monster one of his players becky hammond a legend so shout outs to them all yeah totally stacked class so the uh, i guess the announcement of the or the players people who will be inducted will happen uh during the final four it sounds like during march madness there and the enshrinement is August 11th and 12th, I believe. So um, I, interesting, uh, Harrison, that Brandon invited Dame for a, a road trip. But you don't care not. about D-Wade like Dame cares, cares about D-Wade. So, That's right. I've mm-hmm. been to That's the why. Basketball Hall of Fame. Do I detect yeah, jealousy? Yeah, he does. I'm just saying he didn't you invite do. me. I mean, you can come, or Sam. Harrison. I mean, I don't was, come that was more of like everybody but Harrison because we know Harrison's not going to come. So. Yeah, question. Not, not I, I love... Dirk Nowitzki, too. And you okay. said he's part of the reason you're a Mavs fan. But last week Plus, you said yep. you said you were a Mavs and then now a Nets fan because of Darren Williams. Yep, that's correct. So on the hierarchy of basketball talent, you're really just a Darren Williams truther? Just... <laughs> no, no. I was Dar- Darren Williams brought me to the Brooklyn Nets, and that's where it stayed. But Dirk Darren wasn't Williams enough to keep that. you? Keep no, Dirk was not enough at that point in time, no. Mm. no. They won their ring, and I wanted to go to the new flashy team. It was Jay-Z there, part of all that. It was New York. Said, I want to really root for a team that I can see on a regular basis. Can't really go and see the Mavericks all the time. So, no, no, Brandon, you don't got to explain yourself. I never root for the Knicks. What you want. You're right. No, You're right, man. You're right. Appreciate it. Go where just... you want to go. You're right. The, the players are doing it these days, right? I'm yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just trying to follow Harris's lead. That's it. You know, I'm just trying to follow. Ooh, I knew that was Ouch. coming. There's <laughs> a lot of. I, we need a separate podcast to just dive into all of this, but the we should really have a separate podcast for Harrison Slander alone. Just to let you know. that is very very true. <laughs> we are very, very well true. prepared for that. It sounds that, like that Harrison. Is. There's a text chain with you and one without you. No, there's one with him. It's all we say oh, everything no, we need all, to say man. right to him. <laughs> Do not get it twisted. Uh, uh, so wow. yeah, NBA news, man, as we continue off of that. The Utah Jazz buy out Russell Westbrook and the Clippers, the team that shares the same arena with the Lakers, the team that has a front row seat to watch how terrible Russ has been playing, says, you know what? We're going to pick you up. Now, all jokes aside, do you guys like this move and does this move matter for the playoff push? Who goes first? You. Um, you. (laughs) I'd take offense to Russell Westbrook playing terrible. He's the sixth man of the year. Sure. I I think he's been playing fine. I think he's playing really good. I think he wasn't a good fit on the Lakers and what, what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we needed more shooters around LeBron, more shooters around Anthony Davis. You're right. You said we, they, the Clippers. I think he's a good fit. I mean, obviously, you're jumping from the 13th place team in the West and the Lakers to the fourth place team in the West and the Clippers. Um, I think he'll help. I don't see why he wouldn't help. I think he's still a solid player. He's definitely not what he used to be, but I think yeah. people are trying to compare him what he used to be, and that's just an impossible thing to live up to. So. Um, I'm still a fan of what Russ brings to the table, and I think you know the Clippers will use him adequately. Do I think the Clippers become a title favorite off that? No, no chance at all. But um, I think they'll you know use him well, and who knows how far they'll go in the West. 
Sam, you are you're doing a really talented thing of speaking to us on mute. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> um, you know, I agree with Harrison. I think people are just like wanting to see how Russell used to be. But I do think him going to the Clippers and again, it doesn't make them a championship team, but if they should somehow play the Lakers or someone that matters and he's angry about it, it could be troublesome. Yeah, uh, I don't think he like has nothing in the tank. I do. He's, he's quality, man. Like he's doing his thing. The fit wasn't right. LeBron always, playing with LeBron is not easy. If you're not high, no, not at all. Really shoot. Honestly, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do because he wants you to do the right thing in every position. And sometimes it just takes time. And Russell's one of those guys who's never had that. He's just been the motor. It's like, get it and go, make it happen. And he's always done He's always done it with, like, underachieving teams, so to speak. And he just, like, builds these guys up. And most of the guys on that Oklahoma City team, when he's by himself and they're doing all the dances in the beginning, they're not in the league or they're, like, on the bench somewhere. Yeah, but I do like the Clippers. Yeah, he's always kind of been that motor, like Mr. Triple-Double, right? We knew that. We talked about it last week, guys. Uh, like we knew this kind of game would not age well, and but certainly one of the more athletic and physically talented players the league's ever seen. So, uh, you know, people in the, the teams in the West ha- have to had to do something, especially now with mm-hmm. KD coming to coming to town. Um, and mm-hmm. Kawhi's playing. I mean, Kawhi's playing really well headed into the head into the break there. So you know, you could see. Certainly, this team will is still going to go through him and and Paul George and you know just some more firepower, even if it's just off the bench, bench second second team change of pace kind of guy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you, Dave. I don't think it's going to really do anything, but it's it's something. I'm I'm intrigued to see what this how this plays out because a it's an upgrade over John Wall. Um, so they brought John Wall in. They thought he could be the third piece that they needed, and that didn't work out. Uh, to Harrison's point, Russ in the latter half of the first half of the season, Russ played way better than the first half of the season, in my opinion. Um, but we've talked about it on this podcast many a times. Russ's game, and Harrison even said it when he was on here as well, is that his game doesn't has not translated well, but he's finding his legs with the new Russ, right? To the point of what he was, the old, it's not the triple-double Russ. I mean, we could say the same thing about James Harden. He's not the triple-double James Harden anymore. They're finding their new game and what they're able to do and and the abilities they're able to do now within kind of championship teams, abilities to have that, right? Um, I don't know what happens here. Uh, I I really feel the only thing that has held the Clippers back is Kawhi Leonard's health. And that is the only thing that I'm truly worried about and ever been worried about this Clippers team is his health because he can't stay on the court. If he can stay on the court, they are going to absolutely be a problem with him, Paul George. And then you have to worry about Russ as well, too. But it all starts with Kawhi. That's the only thing that I really, really, really am concerned about. And then from there, we see how it goes. I just I don't know how people are going to beat the Suns now. I'm really curious to see how this is just going to happen. That's just my only thing. Yeah, Harrison, Damian weren't here last week. What, you know, we were talking about the KD trade, but what are your thoughts on just pivoting real quick to 
how the West, I mean, every day you wake up, the West is in a different seating, right? But uh, are the Suns the favorite, not only to win the West, but the whole damn thing? Just get your thoughts on that. Uh, for me, they are. I mean, when you add KD to that roster that was in the finals last year, um, I know they lost some depth, obviously. Um, but when you add KD, you become a favorite right away. So if he can come back and, and be healthy, um, they're going to be a real, real tough out. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. Uh, at that point, in that Western Conference Finals, like there's there's nothing you can do about it. There's no one to check him. And like Harrison said, if he's, if he's healthy, he can definitely guard in a crunch time situation, not pretty much anyone on that side, too. He, he's not the greatest defender, but he's so long that it makes it difficult. Yep. Like, yep. I feel like if they ran into the Mavericks, they'd have the best chance because of that, too. Like, in that last two minutes, if you just stick him on Luka to make it difficult, um, outside of the offensive skill set he has, like, at that point, you can't double-team Devin Booker. And one-on-one with either of those guys is just a nightmare. So, if they don't take it all, I'll be disappointed. But, obviously, the, the chemistry is there. I don't think it'd be an issue for Durant. I think as long as the other team, the rest of the players in the team don't look at it like, oh, my God, it's Kevin Durant. We got to feed him. And they just allow him to settle himself into the system. They'll have success quicker. But if it's like we got to revolve around KD and make it KD's team, then it might not be what we think it should be. I see the Nuggets as kind of their top kind of um, adversary. But those, like, if that is the Western Conference Finals, those games are going to be 150 to 160. So it's going to be <laughs> yeah. Shootout, shootout, baby. Yeah. What about? I don't know how either of those teams are stopping one another. Yeah. It's, uh, we want to see it in the playoffs, but not necessarily in the All Star game. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, moving on, Brandon, I'll give you the floor first here. Your Nets made it official, drop the interim, interim tag for Jacques Vaughn recently. Uh, but now he's agreed to an extension and expected to keep him under team control through the 26-27 season. Uh, they've had the fifth best record, 32-19, since he took over for Steve Nash, who I believe was like 0-2. Um, thoughts on your fifth seed, Brooklyn Nets? Well, they're not going to be the fifth seed for too long. Uh, but <laughs> I do, I, as I said last week, I really love this young team. I really love the pieces that they have. This is all I can hang my hat on anyway. Uh, but I really do love uh, seeing what they bring out. Uh, Bridges is, has been a, a beast. I'm glad he's been getting his shine, dropping that 45-point game uh, and kind of letting people know, like, I'm here. Like I, I've, You've seen Devin Booker. You had Chris Paul. That's all you guys really talked about. I'm, I'm kind of here. Cam Thomas has been, absolutely been balling out. But for Jock, this came too late for me. Because you guys decided to hire Steve Nash, who had no coaching experience, and you put him as your head coach. If we, if the Nets actually had a head coach, things probably could have been different. But then there's also Kyrie. But I'm happy for Job. That's all I'll say for that. I'm happy for Job. All right. I'm glad you're happy. Thanks, jerk. Sweet. I was <sighs> moving on. Mm-hmm. LeBron. Wait. Yo. Can I ask one question? Wait. Wait. I, I, I was patiently waiting and I was, you know, perusing the notes, but there's no talk about deloading on the Lakers. We don't feel like that's a big deal, or is everyone just like, eh? Oh, it's coming up. 
Yeah, you oh, ain't I read the notes that well. <laughs> oh, all right. Never mind. Never mind. I'm gonna be quiet. So, I'll wait. Good. He was so this thrilled is... with the Nets news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had to go. He jumped ahead. He was. He was I was excited. so ready for it, bro. Was I got to do. <laughs> it's cute. You like right. this team, Brandon, but they're terrible. They're gonna be awful. I just said they're not gonna be the fifth seed for long. That's literally what I said first. <laughs> I know that. I like that. I like that you like them. That's nice. But I, I do. I do. Oh, you know, Met, uh, do the Nets make the playoffs? Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> do you? Do, well, we'll talk about game, this off does air. Playing does playing game count as playoffs? It's playoffs. No. Yeah. Not if you don't make playoffs. It. I think it does count. It's the playoffs. It is not a. It's not. It's a playing game. The playing game is a part of the playoffs. It's Just like the wild card is a part of the playoffs. That's true. Wild card is part it's of the same thing. I wish they call the structure. Card, the play in game is the play in to get into the playoffs. Yes, but it's also a seeding too for the playoffs. So, so the, it's the playoffs. So then every regular season game is part of the playoffs. No, because not every team gets to play in the play in games. <laughs> what? Does every team get to play in the play in game? No. With the possibility of a 10 seed beating a seven seed and making it to playoffs, I guess you'd have to say that the 10 seed is in the playoffs. Just by I, I March Madness, too, those those playing games on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they are, they're March Madness. They'll drop to nine or ten, so the mm-hmm. Bulls are outside looking in right now with 26 wins, and the Raptors have mm. 28. So I, they would drop out for me if there was someone in 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 that just wasn't tanking their ass off. <laughs> all those teams are doing that, so they can't drop fast enough. We'll see what happens. We'll We'll talk off air. Hey, Dame, after adding, after the Lakers added D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Mo Bamba at the deadline, LeBron James just called the Lakers' remaining 23 regular season games, quote, the most crucial of his career. Everyone needs to contribute. He said, we need to play together, play smart, and play with heart. If we do that, I believe that we can make a run in the playoffs. Lakers are currently 13th in the West as a Harrison just mentioned. Dame, what uh, thoughts on uh, LeBron's statement of the the you know most important twenty three games of his life? I feel like he's always selling it. I don't know that they're the most important twenty three games of his life, but um, I don't know. Maybe is that telling? Like because he doesn't have that many years left, and he's trying to you know get a little championship record going. But they just need a small run. Uh, the West is so close together. I, I want to say like every game is like two threes out. You just need, you need a good 10 game winning streak or just a good quality 10 game record, whether it's seven and three or something of that nature, and they can get in there and be comfortable. Yeah. Do we think these additions at the deadline are enough to, uh, to get I these guys love, at least to the plan? I love D'Angelo Russell on that team. Like, I I really do. He just he's my kind of guy, man. He don't care. He's gonna just take the shot he wants to take. He you can see like playing with LeBron, you kind of gotta be like that. I hear you, you're LeBron James, but I'm shooting this three and it's going in. Mind your minutes to get back on defense. Like when there's no one to check each other, it doesn't make for a good team, honestly. Like someone definitely there was people checking Jordan on that Bulls team. Like people don't like to talk about it, but Scotty could talk to MJ and I don't think LeBron has that. I think everybody yes mans him. So Scotty, it, it was Steve Kerr. What are you talking about? Not playing. What do you mean? 
Well, I mean, the whole team could check them. Bill Carter no, yeah. checked him. I was like, joking. Yeah, Scotty used to. Yeah. John Paxton. Yeah, Jeez, that's it. <laughs> Steve Kerr. Oh, yeah, and you have, you, have, you know, you got Phil Jackson out there doing the right thing, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. I like deloading though. I think it's a great addition. I think it helps them tremendously. I think it's a cool story for him coming back to the Lakers. Uh, 100%. How he left uh, all the controversy to only go out, go to Brooklyn, kind of revitalize his career, yep. go to the mm-hmm. T-Wolves, ball out there, and then now come all the way back to the Lakers. Like, it's it's really, really cool to see his story go from there. Like, he he has one of the greatest celebrations, like, in recent memory in basketball, the ice in the veins which is used mm-hmm. through every level of basketball, right? And and to see how he's kind of made his own name. And I, I to your point, Dame, I, he has built that confidence that you didn't see before. Like just being a highly toted uh, prospect coming into from Ohio State, right? Um, yeah. Right? So coming in from Ohio State and what everybody thought he was going to be because he was a killer in college and then – playing on those teams with with Kobe and then all that transpired and then leaving and then circling back. Like I just love his whole story. So that's, that's huge. And also before I give it to Harrison, Harrison, cause I know he's going to say something, uh, they made a, a great point of how the West is so close. So the Grizzlies are 35 and 22. The Kings are 32, 25. The Clippers are 33, 28. Suns are 32, 28. Yeah. 31, 29. Pelicans 30 29. Timberwolves 31 30. Warriors 29 29. Like it's that close in the West. And like Dame said, at any point, any night, they can literally do that. The Lakers are 27 and 32. So they are very close to all of those teams, even though they're in 13th place. So anything is possible. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say they're 13th place, but they're two games out of 10. So and then yep. not a team in the West right now has a winning streak longer than three games. So the mm-hmm. West is absolutely insane. Um, it's really going to turn up these last this last month or so. And um, I'm excited to like watch it and dive into it a little more after kind of all the offensive outbursts lately. But I, I think it's really going to turn a corner right now. Um, you know, I could see the Jazz dropping out a little bit. Uh, Thunder are tough. Boy, I You know, it's going to be tough to crack that playing game. All those teams are talented. Um, but I, but I see them doing it. I think the additions were great. Like I think last time I was on, I was really really mad at Rob Lincoln and this roster and like what yeah. were they doing? Yeah. But they did some crazy good deals at that deadline to turn around that roster into something that like resembles something LeBron is good playing with. Um, so you know hopefully he can he can stay healthy. AD can stay healthy. Um, I think D'Angelo Russell is super underrated. Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, Mo Bamba's fine. Um, so all the additions they made are ones that I think can contribute. So excited to see yeah. the end. I think it runs through AD in the sense of like, not that it's the offense, but necessarily, but the health. Like if you can get a healthy AD and we know LeBron doesn't, I mean, he says a lot of stuff, but he's not, after saying something like that, he's not going to certainly mail it in. Um, and he, ne- for you know, he really doesn't do that in general, but um, yeah, you're going to get a locked in LeBron for the, this final stretch here. So yeah, anything's, anything's possible here. Um, real quick, Sam, before you go to the next thing, breaking news, Nate McMillan from the Hawks has been fired. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Actually. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. Go. So young wins. 
<laughs> Trey Young does win again. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's that, them tying up so much money to Trey Young. They got to get rid of one of them. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, the Hawks are 29 and 30 and eighth in the East. So they're, I mean, they're, I know it's the yeah. East, but they're right there, man. And here's a guy who took over midseason a couple years ago and had a really great run. What just, you know, what happened in Atlanta? <laughs> they figured out Trey Young. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, I guess last for our NBA uh, little round or NBA news, rather, Anthony Edwards called out players sitting and uh, load management, if you will. He was asked if there's anything in the game right now he would change. He said he would change. Uh, guys sitting and getting rest um, especially you know paraphrasing here but you know if you're if you're 80 percent and you can play you should play uh, you know people spend a lot of their hard-earned money to see you it might be the only chance that you come to town or they can see you and you know they're sitting it's certainly been a problem uh throughout the nba over the last uh few seasons and even adam silver addressed it during his uh i don't know state of the union and at during all-star weekend or whatever whatever that is. So, um, yeah. What, what do you guys think about load management, if you will, in the NBA, is it a problem and and how do you fix it? I, I think it's a, it's a big problem, but I, I think it has to come to the league itself to save the players for themselves. Like I've said it for a long time, the, the season needs to be shorter than 82 games. Yeah. Like back to backs just should not happen. Um, and if we can get to a system where it's like two games a week, these games become elevated and it'll never be the NFL, but the NFL plays once a week and every game is so important. But with an NBA season, you have 82 games and these some, you know, these early games are just not as important. Like every game matters, but these just don't feel as important. Um, so it's going to take a big system change to change that. And then also like, I think the game is tougher now. I think it's it's more spread out. There's a lot more running. Um, the players are a lot different. I know everyone wants to go back to the 90s and like, oh, these guys were hitting each other and fighting each other. I just think it's tougher physically now. Um, and, you know, that's, I guess, a hot take. But, um, you know, nope. it's not the way they play. <laughs> yeah, the way they play now is different. Um, and there's so many so much analytics and how to spread the floor and what you need to do on defense and how you need to switch. So I think night in and night out, these players are taxing themselves um, and the league needs to kind of figure out a way to shorten this season, whether, you know, I know ad money's on the line, stadium revenue, all that stuff, but they need to figure out a way to shorten the season and elevate these games to the proper level. I think what you said is perfect, Harrison. I, I just have two things to add to that. Um, one, that's why I said it, it's not a hot take. Uh, JJ Reddick earlier today uh, on uh, what you call it, First take. Thank you. First take uh, actually brought statistics about how it was different, meaning the play in physicality compared to what it was in the 90s. Uh, yes, there was a lot of physicality more more. So I think when we think of physicality, when it comes to the 90s, it was no blood, no foul type thing. Right. That's what we think of physicality then. But now you actually have like an Anthony Edwards or a LeBron James, guys that are physically built like linebackers playing and jumping through the roof, right? And and are super athletic. It's a completely different type of game. Uh, the speed at which players play, um, it, it is a way more physical game, in my opinion. So that's that's one. Uh, but to Anthony Edwards' point, and, and I think it's been a lot of uh, people's points, analysts, some other players and whatnot, is it just really sucks as a fan. Again, the people that are the actual consumers, which in any business, the 
thing that you you want to focus on as your consumer, right? If your consumers are upset because they are spending their hard-earned money to see, let's just say, LeBron James, the Lakers only come to New York once a year, and if LeBron sits out like he did, him and AD sat out for the Nets game, if I was spending my money to go and see them, I now can't see them. I have to try to go see them somewhere else or try to go now spend more money to go to Los Angeles to see them play like that. That sucks for the consumers. That sucks for the fans of the game that can't see their players. Now, if they're injured, I have nothing to say about that. Right. If they're truly injured, it happens. Right. But if you're sitting out because you're resting and it's a just put it on the report that you're resting, like that's got to stop. Like it's, that's literally got to stop. That that that's the part that pisses me off the most. I understand that they do need their rest, but then it also ties back into your point, Harrison, of the NBA changing that schedule and being able to. Because I think that will also make it a little bit more competitive too if they reduce that schedule as well. So I don't know if they're going to do that just based on the the regional TV money I and agree. the and the you know the TNT ESPN money, but then you have the local. RSAs, right? The Yes Network and MSG and all all the other ones. They they pay a ton of money to get you know all these home games, and our owner is going to want you know they get forty one home games a year without the playoffs. Are they going to want thirty five? You know, and at what point? If I I want a a seventy game season, I would. I agree with Harrison. I think less is more, but is there? There's no guarantee with a seventy game season that Kawhi's sitting i'm i mean Kawhi is the outlier here but you know the the next luca isn't playing in new york or la or you know wherever so it's um you know it's hard because the tickets just cost more and more every year and you know and yeah i I get excited you get excited when the nba schedule is released and you're like oh yeah i i'd love to go to that but do i know kevin durant is going to play it's like no you don't so it's 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 hard. It's a uh, you know. I I think it'll they'll have to find ways to at least spread out the season, an in game tournament or something um, to kind of spread out the season a little bit more. But I don't think owners are going to walk away from twelve regular season games. No. So yeah, yeah. Money on. Hey, Hayes, what's no, up? I think I I think you guys pretty much covered it all. Um, I think the biggest issue with it is the way it was fed to the public, like calling it load management and just resting, like they need to explain like the fact that these athletes are heavily monitored. They know the wear and tear on this part of your body throughout the season. Like, and it's not in this day and age, like the technology is there. Like when you go, but they're not going to do that because they care about the dollars more than anything else. And they're going to place everything else, everything on the players, but they could easily put, Hey, load management risk here on a game, like before you buy it. But, that would be them actually caring about the clientele, which in most cases, big corporations don't. So you just got to take your risk and do the best with what you got. But yeah, they're definitely not going to shorten anything. It's just too much money. Well, yeah. you bring up a good point, Damon. I'll ask all you guys. This is another question that I've been wrestling with for quite some time now. Do you feel that analytics has ruined sports as we know it? Yes, and that was going to be part two of my statement here because players are players are paid based on statistics, analytics, efficiency. So if you give them the information, there's some guys that are smart, like 
if it's me and it's about my money and I have a chance to sit out and shorten and keep my averages where they are, I'm doing it. Because at the end of the day, everyone is in there at some point for their money. But you made the rules and now they're playing by them and it's affecting everyone. Like, you know, like, I don't know what how Draymond, like what Draymond Green's statistics are, but he seems to be working his way around it. And he's he mentioned that. He's like, I know I need to do this on these games and that to be paid a certain amount. So all of it affects everything. And I and the truth is, as a you know, someone who plays sports, we I don't know most of us play sports. I'm not sure if Sam you play sports or not. But bro, I want to be out there. Like half a knee or not, I always wanted to be out there. But again, I wasn't playing for money either. Yeah, I mean, I'd say there's there's obviously pros and cons to it. Like, I mean, yeah, it probably has. It has. I mean, like you've seen scores now and the efficiency that these players are playing at, and that's all kind of due to analytics and knowing what spots to be and knowing where to be and knowing what defender works this way or what offensive player works this way. So it's why we're seeing such high scoring despite, you know, defenses being as analytical as ever. So, um, yeah, it hurts. And then, you know, the body regulation, boop devices, all that type of stuff is like definitely – um, giving people a lot of information, but it's it's good information, but in turn bad information because it's saying, all right, your body really can't take this anymore, no matter how far you push it. Like you're gonna pop an Achilles soon, like if you continue to go with this route. So um yeah, pros and cons for sure. I I don't mind it to the extent of like data is I think if it's used smartly, um it you know can certainly uh help benefit right i mean I, I think analytics and if we're talking basketball here certainly spread the floor out um you know a lot more you realize that there was efficiency and in, in three-point shots i was looking at like uh, with braun passing kareem it's like kareem made one three in his entire career <laughs> like he i think right or like yeah. made the attempt i don't even know if he made it that was but one like, yeah yeah one so it's kind of like all of those points yeah. You know, by driving the lane and, and hook shots and, and all of that. But <laughs> I, I think if it's, it's used the right way, but you can also get into like paralysis by analysis, which is like just way too much data. And I'm overthinking things. Sometimes you just need to go with your gut. You got to go forward on fourth down. You got to drop down that bunt. You have to do certain things. I mean, extremes are like the shift in baseball, which I'm sure when yes. we, when yes. we get to, you know, baseball season we preview the season we'll have a nice conversation about that but it's you know it's to an extreme it's like it yeah it's killing lefty batting average but lefties aren't getting on base so then that's that's what you want so it's you know i think you can't take the quote-unquote guts out of game um but mm -hmm. if used right it could certainly amplify I would, I would say just one more point on kind of the load management and scheduling thing. Like I know me, Damon, Brandon have been like huge on a soccer kick after the World Cup, but the European soccer model and schedule has it so right. Like it's unbelievable yeah. how good and entertaining <laughs> it is mm -hmm. because you play a 38 game season, but intertwined with Champions League and Euro Cups and all that type of stuff interspersed. So on you know Wednesday you have a random Champions League game, but on Sunday you're playing your league game. So. If there's any way that the NBA can kind of steal from that type of model, um, they really need to look into it. Shoot, they might as well. They already adapted the flopping. Um, <laughs> they might as well just continue <laughs> to go with it. Uh, Shots fired. <laughs> you know. Uh, so one of the main reasons outside of them being uh, brothers 
being great collaborators here. I wanted Harrison and Dame to be here because of a conversation that we had the other day. And I shared it with Sam, and there was no way in hell that I did not want to have and further this conversation because it was so great and can go so many ways. And adding now Sam's perspective, which I have no idea who he's going to choose in this because I did not speak to him about it. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. So this has been circling around. Uh, Dame shared this in our group chat the other day. I had seen it like a week ago and had a conversation with my buddy uh, JR uh, that Harrison knows as well. And we went back and forth and we're breaking down and also my my big bro to Derek as well talking about this. So there's three teams. Okay, you guys may have seen this. There's the black team that consists of Tim Duncan, Dwayne Wade, David Robertson, Allen Iverson, and Kevin Durant. The red team, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Akeem Olajuwon, Tracy McGrady, Dennis Rodman. And the gold team, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Magic Johnson, and Shaquille O'Neal. Which team are you picking? All right, so the first question, don't say anything else. I just want to know this first. What team are you picking? Sam, since I haven't spoken to you about this, which out of these three teams are you picking? I don't know. want to know the why yet, just the team. Cont- context. I'm going to ruin your one answer. What? What? No, oh, you like no. this. <laughs> Go ahead. I like data. I, I like analytics. You're the, you're the analytics person that we were just baby. talking about. <laughs> no, I, I'm going, certainly I'd want to know like when this game was played and assuming everyone's in their prime. But like, when is this game played? Is it so? Well, okay. We'll add some parameters. The right they're, they're all in their prime. They're all in their prime. Okay. This is. Let's just say this is a a tournament. Let's just say this is a tournament. They're all in their prime. Mm-hmm. Who do you in choose today? In today's NBA, uh, I'm going to pick the gold team. Okay. Welcome to the club, baby. Okay. I I go. just. Do you want it? Just an explanation now? Just, or just... Nope, not yet. Harrison, right. you're a gold team, right? As well, right? Yeah, I'm a gold team. Okay, so we all chose the gold team. So let's, let's be very, very, very clear about this. Now, Sam, I will come back to you now. Why did you choose the gold team? I just think uh, I just think they have the, the best all-around team here. I mean, you have size, certainly. You have the best score uh, shooter in NBA history. Uh, Kobe, you know, you want to put Kobe on Michael Jordan kind of thing. That would, that would be entertaining as hell. Uh, LeBron James, uh, we were saying it last week, like after he broke this record, the, his most iconic play is a defensive play, like just wild. And you have magic Johnson and, and Shaq in his prime in the, in the post, you know, as long as he's not getting to the line, it's all right. Uh, but these teams are all just all bring something different. I think off of a screen though, you got Kobe and Steph running screens and you know, off, off the ball there. And I, I don't know, man, I think Steph was the Steph was the um, one who pushed it over the edge for me. That is what I said to both Harrison and Dame uh, in our text. I said, immediately looking at this number one, number one, any team that Shaq is on, I'm looking at the other teams and I'm saying, who the hell is guarding him? You could have been That's, on the red team, too, if you want. Yeah, the, I mean, I don't care where you put Shaq. I'm going to look at him first. And then I'm going to see what surrounds him because he is, in my opinion, the most dominating force to ever touch a basketball court. Period. 
right? So you have Shaq. So then you have Steph Curry to your point. Steph Curry spaces the floor. As soon as he steps over half court and doesn't even have to step over half court, the ball's going up. So now you have to worry about everybody under him. Period. Kobe can get his own shot. LeBron, who's going to guard LeBron? That's also another question. Because if I'm looking at the other teams, I'm saying Scottie Pippen is the only one that I think from either the red or black team that can guard him. I think Rodman could do something, yeah, I think but put Rodman on him. That that would be who I would put somebody just to irritate him. But even with that says said, LeBron's still gonna get his points. Then you have the wizard and Magic Johnson that is going to be able to dish the ball wherever he wants to do. If anybody on this team that I'm saying is the weakest link, and this is wild for me to even say that, is Magic. <laughs> right? It's is is magic. Steph, you could say because of his size, but he makes up for it in his shot and his ability ability to handle the ball. Magic is the only one that I think would be kind of like the, if I had to choose a weak link, it would be him. But that's wild to say because he's Magic Johnson, right? So that's that's why I chose the gold team. And I didn't even mention Kobe because Kobe, Kobe's a dog. I kind of feel like Kobe and Jordan almost almost cancel each other out, but not really. Um, so. That's that's the way I started to eliminate. But I do think out of anybody on the other team that would give Shaq a fit, it would be the dream. That's the only person that I think would give Shaq a fit. Well, get him in foul trouble. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to go against a team with Michael Jordan on it. I mean, you look at this gold team of primarily Lakers, right? And and the second greatest score of all time or statistically isn't even, you know, Kareem's not even on this graphic. So it's oh, just we'll, like it's just wild. I mean, we'll we'll get to that. Don't yeah, worry about so, that. Uh, Harrison, Dame, why'd you choose the gold team? Uh, a lot of same things, same reasons. You like, like I said, I agree with you. I think Prime Shaq was the most is the most dominant player to ever touch a basketball. And like, mm -hmm. no disrespect to Jordan, no disrespect to LeBron, no disrespect to Kareem. Like, I think Prime Shaq, like if he stayed that way. We yeah. can talk about him as the greatest player ever because Great. of his size and like how he was able to finish. He was just that freaking dominant. Mm -hmm. like, um, and then yeah, like that from there, it's the same thing. Like you got LeBron James, the all-time leading scorer in the NBA, and then Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. Like, I just think they're well balanced, like Sam said. Um, I'm curious to see who you guys think is the weakest team, but I, I think the gold team is, is a really good one. <laughs> Dame. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said all the stuff. I just, especially in this question in particular, like everyone is in their prime. And anyone that had a chance to stop Shaq played in a half-court set and is just going to cater to that goal team even more. So, and it, prime Shaq learned to kick it out. So he's going to kick it out to open sure. Steph Curry, Kobe, and, you know, Magic, like Steph could play off ball. And that makes him even more deadly than that. But for me, it's just, it's just Shaq, bro. Any team Shaq's on, like, I don't really care what the conversation is because at some point when the game gets serious, you have to get in a half-court set, and if he's not in foul trouble by then, it's going to be a problem. So let me gonna, go right back to you, be Dame. Two points every time. Let me go right back to you, Dame. Who is the weakest out of the te teams remaining? It's, it's really – it's so tough, bro. I know. <laughs> I, it's really tough to say who's the weakest team because – yeah, I don't know, man. You gotta choose on, one. Let me, 
Let me just stare at this graphic for a second. Well, yes, set it up. <laughs> it's so crazy, bro. Like, we'll set it up for the people at home. Because... The, the black team, Tim Duncan, D. Wade, David Robert, uh, Robinson, AI, KD. Red team, MJ, Scotty, Hakeem, T-Mac, Dennis Rodman. And then the gold team, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq, Steph, and Magic. Go ahead, Dan. The Dave, thing sorry. that makes this difficult is there's just a mix of things that I want to use to make the decision. Like, I want to out Dennis Rodman, but I can't because I've seen what he's done against David Robinson. And, he, like, it's so tough. I would say <laughs> I would have to pick the black team, bro. I, I would have to pick the black team. It's just, I don't, I, it hurts, but I have to pick the black team. <laughs> I don't have a good reasoning for it. <laughs> don't ask me nothing else. It hurts to do this, bro. Dwayne Wade and AI is on the yeah, team. Yeah, and that's yep. that's it's so difficult. Like Dwayne Wade single handedly dismantled dismantled a country by himself <laughs> with the team USA. Like, but I gotta tell you guys, he's on the weakest team here. I, I just don't. Someone else go. <laughs> Could have been on the red team too. I mean, this is this graphic, bro, guys, you know is I mean? is based on people wearing you know the jersey colors. Here is essentially what we're we're talking about here too i i mm-hmm. say the black team too and it's it's really hard because i'm a huge tim duncan fan he's just unsung hero of like our generation basketball doesn't yeah it just you know does not get enough credit for how dominant and how well he played for so long through so many different eras of spurs basketball i mean starting with robinson and then you know ending with Kawhi. so it's that's wild i i just look at the team, I mean, they have KD, D Wade, mm-hmm. Robinson, Tim Duncan. It's like AI to me. I feel like just I find this I, so funny that Sam keeps repeating the names because he's just like, he has to, <laughs> you're talking so names. Like, I said it, he's repeated it twice now. He's like saying this stuff, like, I'm saying this out loud, but it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And I also wanted to set it up for the listeners who aren't staring at this and. We're rambling on, so they might have, you know, lost. Oh, hilarious! Can, I don't know. I, I'd say the black that, team. Can we just point out that no one has stopped AI on any of these teams? <laughs> and then you, this, this, it's all right. I mean, AI's <laughs> definitely dragged some of the worst teams ever to, you know, the Bro. playoffs. So the fact that he's playing with this kind of support. Eric Snow. Yeah, Eric Snow. Um, Aaron McKee, Kem- bro. Aaron McKee, Aaron McKee. yes. Kembe Matumbo. Tyrone Hill. Harrison, who you got? Uh, I'm the black team as well. Like, But I, I think the fun part about this one, you see them often, like the five, like how much money you have to spend and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this one is pretty good. Like this one is actually really tough. Like yeah. some of them are like, oh, that's an easy one. But this one is tough and um i'm glad i have a fellow tim duncan lover and sam like he does not get enough credit like i think he's the best power forward of all he time. is he is some people but people don't bring his name up like that and it's wild because he has so many titles he was always that dude like always but um yeah it's just tough i i think i'm i'm picking the black team just because i think red is you know it's got michael jordan on it and it's just tough and hakeem it's just tough to pick against red but it's no shot at what the black team has to offer but it's a this was a good good graphic that's for sure yeah we'll post it on instagram really quick so to it's definitely black for me we all have black um to your point harrison it was charles barkley first that changed the power forward position then tim duncan came along and he changed that again and the reason why he doesn't 
get the credit is just think about his nickname, the big fundament fundamental. He played the way that you should play basketball. He wasn't flashy. He just did what he needed to do. He was quiet. You can even hear from his peers the way he would trash talk to you. It was so crazy that he would just speak to you like softly and just come down and just say something to you. And you just be like, huh? And that would be it. He would just kill you with silence. And he just he's not flashy like him and him. David Robinson are the two players on this whole thing that were not flashy at all, like are not flashy players at all. Right. And everybody else on here has had some pizzazz to him. So but just saying that. So we also just to to piggyback on on this. So before we move on to the next thing, we said, what would make. The black team better, what would you change? To make them more competitive against the red and gold team. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, Dame Lillard. <laughs> See, I didn't even say that to Dame. I, yo, I did not say that to Sam at all. Well, you know and how we I all feel said about the Dame. same thing. Yeah, you know how I feel about Dame. But we all and said the same thing. It would Dame, be Dame. Giannis somehow. And if you could get yes. Giannis in a black Bucks jersey too, obviously. Yeah. But oh yeah, my instead God. of AI, I love you, AI, but Dame Lillard. That's what that's what I said in the yeah. chat. I'm like, I'm the like. One of, oh, we're all big AI fans, but yes. I would literally cut my socks and wear them on my arm as a sleeve, like playing basketball. So, all like, through high have, school. Yeah, like crazy <laughs> stuff. So when I brought it up, I'm like, this is going to be blasphemous, but like, is Dame Lillard better than AI? And I'm like, yeah, he is. But we like, didn't argue it. Say that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel nah. like I can't say it. Their but. games are so different. Yeah. I think Dame, uh, Dame, other Dame. It's this, <laughs> it's this uh, team a lot better than AI. Because I look no, at make it and... Dame George. Put Dame George on gotcha. this. <laughs> I'm the first three and D player in the history of the league, baby. <laughs> Not a lie. No, that's funny. That that's the, the first name I thought of. Can I point out one thing that you know we're gonna give Harrison the AI title as the biggest fan? Like he legit was in school with the armband on. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. legit in school, he used to have those Nike string uh, backpacks, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" Oh, he's Allen Iverson. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> this was before the compression, compression sleeves like weren't a thing; like they didn't exist yeah. yet. So, you remember right. when he used to have the spider web on his sleeve? Yeah, 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 yeah bro. Yeah, spider web tat the like finger sleeves. Like, yep. he was, yeah, yeah. he was, he was that dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. San G. Uh, Harrison Baker could he could. He could help that black thing, boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a that was a dope combo. Okay, that's that's all I wanted to bring that on here. Sam, you want to bring us into the NFL? Yeah, man. So yep. uh, bring yep. I'm waiting on this one. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Where are we starting here? Coach hires. Oh, coach mm-hmm. hires. Hey, uh, since we last spoke, some coaches were hired. Uh, most notably, uh, the Eagles' offensive coordinator. What's his name? Shane Steichen. No, I know. Um, your boy, <laughs> you lost both your coordinators, Hayes. I yep. got to give it to you first. Um, both your coordinators, offense and defense, are now head coaches in the league. Your thoughts on the new Indianapolis Colts? Well, I'll I'll say this again, as I've said it on here before. You looked at me like I had ten heads. Super, 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 super happy that Jonathan Gannon is gone. Yes, <laughs> yes, we just did go to the Super Bowl. He had like and... the second best defense in the league. Yeah, and then you then you saw what it did in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, with the game plan that they brought Vic Fangio in to work with, uh, didn't do too well against Patrick Mahomes on one leg. 
Um, but that's also Patrick Mahomes. But um, I I don't. There's been plenty of times throughout the year that I've openly said I wish Jonathan Gannon was gone, and I very 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 much so like who they have in the conversation right now for defensive coordinator, which is uh, Vance Joseph. Uh, what's the the guy from Wisconsin? Um, forgot his his last name. Uh, him. There's there's also looking at uh, the Chargers uh, defensive back coordinator uh, that used to uh, coach alongside of Sirianni as well too. So that I'm I'm cool with Gannon gone. Uh, Shane Steichen though, I'm kind of upset that he's gone. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned before, the Eagles. Uh, their quarterback coach, I 100% am happy that he's going to get a chance because he's going to be the offensive coordinator from this point. So I'm fine with both, really. Just fine. Cool. I'm fine if you're fine. Yes. We're glad you're fine. Thanks. I'm, I'm happy. Thanks. For you. Thanks. Jerks. The Nick Sirianni, does he call the plays? Uh, he was a part of it, but he has said that during the next season, he will be relinquishing that. So he has nothing to do with that going forward. Gotcha. All right. Fly equals fly. Thank, no, no, Hayes, no. Hayes you, with no, the insider information? No. You, you can't say that, Harrison. Uh, yes, Dame, yes. <laughs> I guess the Wait, the next... wait, wait, wait. Brandon, he can't get back on the train? No. What no. does he have to do, like? He's not allowed back. He stays what? with the Jets. He's a no Jets matter fan. what. He's a Jets fan. Yep, he can't come back. He left. Wow. He didn't. He didn't have to go through the paper bag phase. He left. He's gone. My bad, Sam. I didn't mean to cut you over. <laughs> <laughs> are we? Are we giving Harrison crap because he's no longer an Eagles fan? Yes, Harrison yeah. left me. I, gave me what were Harrison, the paper bag years? Harrison I mean, like hit me. I'll tell you the paper bag years. Harrison hit me with. Uh, the girlfriend move it out routine. He took his stuff, <laughs> his eagle stuff, and put it in a box and was like, Here, you could have this and left. <laughs> so no, he's never allowed back. Period. Period. Oh, wow. <laughs> I I will never forget you that, had, Harrison. You left Sam, me by my lonesome. Sam, I'm not go. gonna let I, I can't let Harrison go out like that. As much as I want to slander him, go ahead, he man. was hurt, bro. You had to see the pain on his face. It wasn't just like I'm sick of this team losing, like it cut him deep. Like you know what I mean? Like it hurt bad. Like dude, I'm a Jets any... fan. You do not have to explain anything to me. Well, I, went from, like, I went from one team that did it to another. So <laughs> you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, and I missed the Super Bowl year, so that was fun. Sure did. I just trying to think of the lean years in Philadelphia Eagles history. I don't. It was really Chip just Kelly? When, when Chip they Kelly. lost. When they lost me, or when McNabb left, when Westbrook left, and when Dawkins left, I I had had that's when he left. But I, as you know, stayed. But when Andy Reid was coming to the end of his career, I was at the Eagles Panther game in Andy Reid's final season, and fans were literally wearing paper bags on their head at the game, booing the Eagles. Like it was that bad. That bad. Philly fans are dramatic, though. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. That's why I, I'm very happy that I'm a, a, a New York Philly fan because it's like when people are like, yeah, Philly oh. fans suck. And I'm just like, this is great. It's great because I'm not there. What are you going to say, Dave? You're dramatic. You have uh, a flag. I'm not them. You cry. You you were on your floor in tears with your, your flag draped over you when they won. You got so that's them. dramatic for my team winning their first Super Bowl ever? 
I don't know uh, what I would do if the Jets I have more information Bowl, than so. that, but it's fine. It's your show. We're not here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. You could air it out if you like to. No, 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 no. I would not. Did you cry, Hayes? I would not. I did judge for you the Super Bowl. Cries. Yeah, I, I wouldn't judge you. He I did, one. but he it's okay. One. Let's go to Dame's team, uh, the Washington Commanders. Uh, I don't have a team. You do. The Washington Commanders, who just uh, signed Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Uh, that is correct. Who was formerly with the Chiefs and just won another Super Bowl. So, Dame, the resident Commanders fan, how are you feeling about this? Why are you saying it like that? What's the problem? Like, you got something against him? Like, <laughs> you know what the problem is. Resident Commanders fan, how are you feeling about this? Well, I'll tell you like this. If they win the Super Bowl, I also am going to cry on the floor. With- <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Man, yo, honestly, I've just been in this this cesspool for a long time it doesn't matter what comes here bro it doesn't matter <laughs> you you can bring all of the steel curtain we still ain't winning bro just the, i don't know what it is like you know what it's, you know he's almost there he put his house on i, I know too much he put his house up for sale already and yep. been on the market for a while and he's waiting for a better offer or something like that we need to get him out of there asap he's, he's asking for seven billion for the team right now yeah yeah Mm-hmm. But I just we need to change everything. Even the people at the gate that let people in. Like <laughs> the new stadium is supposedly been approved. I don't know if it's approved. Or supposed, it looks nice, looks great if it's real. But I have, there's nothing. We don't need to stay here. You guys can just. <laughs> we can, I oh know. Gonna oh no, we need to stay here. We yeah. need to stay here. Speaking on the enemy, though, I you know I kind of hate that this happened. I do too. like that 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 it that it quote needed to happen. You know, he needed to prove himself. I don't love the fit. Like he's got a lot of work to do. But yeah. I also think it's interesting. I mean, Ron Rivera is so desperate. This coach coaching staff is so desperate to keep their jobs that like literally Ron Rivera just hired his uh replacement. Because he's on a two year deal. I think Rivera can walk. And if if he's not even you know fired at at some point, and again I love Ron Rivera, the coach, great story. I mean, and all that, but this team just hasn't you know this team could be playing better. I mean, they've had moments. I like Tyler Taylor uh, Taylor Heineke at moments. He's had certainly that, but um, you know I I wish this defense would have came together better than they than they had. And uh, you know I, again I just hate that the enemy had to take a lateral move here. Uh, I hate them. I I hate the NFL. Um, I hate that Eric Bieniemy had to make a lateral move uh, to prove his worth. Right. I I really just not a fan of the fact that this man has has been with the Chiefs and they have done nothing but go to AFC championships for five straight years in a row. Right. And they've won two Super Bowls, but yet he's not the guy. It's it's Andy Reid. So he has to now go, no offense, Dame, go to the commanders to prove his worth as if he wasn't doing that. But we get Nathaniel Hackett, who was coordinating for uh, Aaron Rodgers, goes to the Broncos, does absolutely nothing, and now is the offensive coordinator of both of your teams. It it just blows my mind that he got an opportunity, but his track record, as I said on here, Sam, and it, it proved exactly my point. So he's never been to where Eric Bieniemy has been and has won. 
and yet he got a head coaching opportunity, and we saw how that turned out. But Eric Bieniemy keeps winning, and that's all he keeps doing, and he cannot get a head coach role. I mean, you know how I feel about it. You know how I feel about the NFL and the Rooney rule that they actually even have to have a rule in place to do this. Uh, but it's just sad to see that he has to go there. I, I, I don't want to see Ron Rivera lose his job. I'm sure he probably will, depending on what type of product they put out. Uh, the commanders were missing a lot of pieces last year uh, to, due to injury. So who knows what we'll get. Uh, but I just hope he he flourishes. I just don't don't know what's going to happen. Like I saw even an article today of, of Jim Caldwell said that he's not even trying for a head coach uh, uh, position anymore because he's been in the conversation and doesn't even get essentially a fair shake, right? So a lot to fix there. It's a cesspool there too. Uh, I just like the have, awkward silence there. Go ahead. Do you, think, do you think Hackett struggling so badly um, has a lot to do with them not no one wanting to hire the enemy or not giving him the head coach position, a head coach position? No. No. I just no. I just don't. My my gripe has always been that I've watched like um what's his name uh Byron Leftwich. Mm. Prime example of this. Byron Leftwich gets the boot after two years removed from winning the Super Bowl. Gets the boot after essentially one bad season, and they go and replace and do all these other things and blame him for that. Yet Tom Brady didn't have his best season this year, right? And and it's it's so quick that they move on black coaches and remove them from the situation like that. And then they got to fight to find another position somewhere else. I don't, I've watched it over and over and over again. Sam and I sat here and thought that, uh, what's uh, Wilkes' first name? Steve Wilkes, right? We thought that he was going to be the head coach of the Panthers. After what he did and how he brought that team together and made them fight, you can see the camaraderie in that team. If you watch them in the latter half of the season, how they fought together and how the team came behind him and, and what they weren't doing, uh, with the previous coach, and then nope, they went and got Frank Wright. Yeah. Okay, Frank Wright got fired. Cool, we're gonna go get him now. And now yep. he's out in where is he now, Sam? Uh, Chargers. Actually, or, I don't. Or our Niners. Niners. Oh, the the Niners. Niners yeah, yeah, right. The rich so he did get another player. opportunity, but it's it's far and few between. Is yeah. is my point. I mean, you're losing CMC. You trade him away. You have a hot mess at, at under center. And you basically kicked Robbie Anderson out like and he did all of that. And they were still I mean, I know it was the NFC South and, you know, they were, the whole division was bad, but they were in it till the end is wild. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. I think to the Hackett point, your your comparison, I mean, I would be shocked if Nathaniel Hackett got another head coaching job. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of like Dennis Allen, who's now the head coach of the the saints and he you know did it was such a mess in in oakland um and you know he kind of just you know got into the the saints job once peyton left i i don't i mean nathaniel hackett blew up on a legendary kind of scale here and uh you know i don't know the enemy just it's he's been past it's how many times we've been sitting here and just saying yeah, yeah okay the enemy's applying for this job and that job and does he not like 
is his scheme that he presents to these teams like not good enough? Does he not interview well? Does he not? Is he yeah, not bringing yeah. the right? Co- I mean, I I really want to like hope that it it's not a race thing, and I'm just trying to look at like some of the other, you know, things here. You, know, but certainly he's not. It has not impressed enough teams. But we've we've seen it's it's been well documented that um, this this whole thing, the Rooney Rule, all of it's just a freaking mess. And, uh, you know, we don't, there's no signs of it getting better, especially when you look at the head coaches in this league now. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, let's move on from the sad topic before I end up, uh, getting yeah, all man. political on y'all real quick. Um, let's go to do your care, Sam. Hey, do you care? this damn thing out? No, I don't care. Let's, let's go. Cool. The NFL <laughs> franchise tag window open today. Uh, mm-hmm. now through March 7th, teams have two weeks to apply a one year tender. The players, um, they can either sign that tender and negotiate a longer deal or, you know, or not. But they they have through July 15th. So there's two types of tenders. There's exclusive and non-exclusive. One allows, you know, a, you know, the player to seek other offers and get compensation. And the exclusive tag is basically saying, nope, you're signing this one-year deal. You're ours kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, just a... A mechanism that is used to kind of keep players like Lamar Jackson is the prime example here under contract, at least for another year. I think I think Jeremy Fowler today on ESPN said three of the last 10 years, a quarterback's been tagged. So it hasn't happened nearly as much as it as it used to. But right now, the the going rate for a quarterback is about twenty seven million dollars. Running backs, 10 wideouts are almost 18 million. Um, that just looking at some of these players that that could be tagged here, guys. Do you do you care about the franchise tag? And I guess uh, leads to a bigger conversation of players that could be tagged this year. Whether it's you know we've talked about the Giants, to Daniel Jones, uh, Saquon. Um, I just mentioned Lamar. What do you guys think about the uh, the tagging process, if you will? Um, I mean. If Lamar Jackson isn't tagging, he comes to the commanders, I care. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know, man. Uh, that's a tough question because I don't – I guess if a player doesn't want to be there, it would be nice to see him go somewhere where he can win or make a decision and maybe get to a team instead of getting traded. Um, but other than that, I don't I don't care. And I just like – as long as they play the next year, I really don't care where it is. Yeah, for me, it's like a little like the intricacies of it and the complexities of like the franchise tag itself. I I don't quite get or see why it's in place. Um, So it's tough for me to like care about it. The one reason I do care about it this year is to see if Lamar Jackson gets tagged or not, obviously. But other than that, like like Sam said, like it's used every now and then. It's obviously, you know, something that NFL owners and and GMs keep, you know, keep for their use to kind of hold on to a player that uh-huh. I guess not quite sure about, I, you know, I don't understand the reason for using it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of care, but not, not really. I, uh, I only care when it comes to the players on my team and then my favorite players. <laughs> that's, that's really it. Uh, like for instance, uh, CJ uh, Gardner Johnson, uh, for the Eagles, he's going to get franchise tag because they're negotiating with Jalen Hurts right now 
for his long contract that he's gonna about to get, but they don't want to lose him. So they're franchise tagging him. So in the meantime, they can negotiate and figure out a longer contract with him too. Uh, so I, I I like how they use that for leverage for that to keep some of their assets at the same time. But I don't like it in the aspect of what the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson. You know what you have in there. You know that several teams that don't have their starting quarterback would that that's a premium starting quarterback to be clear uh, would want him. Uh, that means pretty much <laughs> damn near every team out of like five want Lamar Jackson. So the fact that you are going to try to franchise tag him. He doesn't have to sign that, which at that point in time means they are not on, they're not on the same page and he can essentially start looking for a trade and look for other teams, which I really, really hope that happens in this point because the Ravens have done him absolutely wrong. I know he's betting on himself um, and I know they what they've offered him, but he has a valid point. He's won the MVP. Deshaun Watson literally has not won the MVP and has had all off-field problems. It's not to bring him down. It's just to make a point of what he's trying to use as leverage. Uh, and I I wholeheartedly believe he deserves every bit of the coin that he's trying to get. Um, and I hope he gets it, wherever that may be, to Dame's point. I don't really care where it's going to be. If it's for his commanders, fine. I'd like to see him in Miami back at his home team. Um, so that would be nice, too. So That would be a crazy fit. That he would needs be to get with um, Deshaun Watson's agent. They probably got the <laughs> same agent as Andre Miller because Andre Miller just kept getting the contract, boy. Andre <laughs> Miller. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> Lamar on, on Miami would be insane because they're it already would. like the fastest team in the league. It's a track like, meet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I, I think the fact that like forcing these guys to end up signing this by X state is like kind of crazy. Uh, I, I like the idea of that non-exclusive tag where it's like, all right, let me go. It's like an offer sheet in the mm-hmm. NBA. All right, let me, uh, I'm a restricted free agent. Let me see if I can get something better. And then if the team, you know, kind of put the Ravens to the fire here. And if, if uh, the Saints or the Falcons or the Jets or anyone else will offer you a better deal and give you a couple picks, then you got to let them go kind of thing. I think the I mean, the the Ravens could get more if they sign him to a contract and then trade him. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't love the process. It's kind of like that ace in the hole for uh, for GMs and and you know vice presidents and personnel and stuff. And it's I I don't really like it. Just do right by the player. Yeah, um, agreed. But but Deshaun Watson getting two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed with twenty plus assault allegations under his belt. Uh, well, you know, we talked about the time we continue to talk about it just has changed the landscape of of at least QB money in the NFL, especially when when NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. So it's wild there. Uh, Again, I go through another do you care segment and I do not have to answer if I care or not. (laughs) And it's my game. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, we will end on this. The XFL returned for a whopping third time this past Saturday, now owned by The Rock and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his ex-wife and some venture capitalists. The XFL is back with, uh, you know, it happened. <laughs> what did you guys? <laughs> so he started care? the XFL with his ex-wife? He bought he bought it with his ex-wife and, uh, wow. and some, you know, guy with a lot more money than the two of them. I was wondering who she was. 
Um, so thank you for shedding light on that because I had no <laughs> idea who she was. I was like, she's just a businesswoman and she's doing her thing. And now that I know that she's his ex-wife, that just adds for me. It's 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 giving. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sam, I I do care for one reason, one reason only because I went to the New York Guardians for the second time they brought the XFL back. Guess where the Guardians play now? Orlando. So yeah. I have a New York Guardians logo, which is still the same one for Orlando. And now if I wear that, people are going to think that I'm a fan of the Orlando Guardians, which I am not. And they took a team out of New York. I'm upset about that because I actually enjoyed the game because literally it was pretty much just people going there to get hammered. And that was fun. Um, it was not fun being at a football game in the middle of the winter like the coldest parts in, of New York. Uh, but, yeah, that's the only thing. And I also care about the replay. I like the replay system. I wish the NFL would adapt that. But outside of that, I don't really care. I don't care. They got Josh Gordon in the league. Don't care. Same. I don't care. I I find that there's a lot of players in there that you see that at, i.e. Matt Elam. There you go. Safety. Yeah. Um. I I I turned it on and I'm like, eh, I'd rather watch college. It, I don't know. It's just something weird about it. It doesn't grab me. Um. I didn't enjoy the speech by the Rock either in the beginning. Um. It just. I don't know, man. It's just not it. It's just don't got nothing to it for me, honestly. I just feel like this is. They're trying to capitalize on the void of fans missing out on football for that duration because you got to wait all the way until September for them to play again. Um, mm. But I also just feel like this is like <laughs> the Canadian Football League 2.0. Like it, this is what it feels like, and I don't even watch that, and that's been around way longer, and that's got possibly better athletes. Um, I don't really, yeah, I don't. The aesthetics I, are off, man. It just seems so off brand. Like everything about it, it feels cheesy, and that's hard for me to yeah. say about football. Like it feels cheesy. Like the colors, they're weird. The, the the opening, I don't know. It's just very weird. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Harrison, do you care? No, not at all. <laughs> did you I watch a game? So. Did I you think watch so. a game? I didn't know it was happening until I saw it on TV. I swear, oh, I did not know the XFO was coming back. Uh, football is probably my fourth favorite sport to watch. Mm, so mm. the void for me, I, there's no football void. Like I have, I get enough football when we're when it's on. So, so you said uh, it's your fourth. What is the other three? I know watch. basketball is one for you. Basketball, I enjoy mm-hmm. watching golf mm-hmm. more, and I enjoy watching um, uh, soccer, football, soccer. football, yeah. the official football. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, nah, special football is like it's definitely yeah. number two for me right now. Yeah. I, I just I, I I it's a you know hot take, but football is a product to me. It's uh I think it's overhyped. But that's Ooh. a conversation. Mm. Mm. Next oh, time yeah. on the Chasing Points podcast. <laughs> no, I like I like some of the, like the rule changes. I you know, there's certainly an audience for spring football. I mean, we're going to see the, was it the, the USFL is coming back to in a couple weeks and they tried it with that other league that, um, also news to me. Yeah. There was <laughs> like the, the AA, 
the AFL or the AAF or whatever that was. You remember that? Like that mm-hmm. folded too. Yeah. That didn't even finish the season. No, at least, not at all. At least the XFL the last time it was COVID, you know, that kind of strapped that season from happening. I like some of the rule changes. It'd be interesting to see like, you know, if the NFL adapts any of those, like the play clock changed from 25 seconds to 35 two, uh three timeouts per half, not two. The um the fourth and fifteen, uh fourth and fifteen instead of an onside kick, that's pretty cool uh option. But you know, co- the more coaches challenge. Um, but overall, I, I there's a place for it. And certainly, you know, if they have the support of ESPN or Fox Sports or wherever, you know, it'll have a home on TV, but I, I don't care. Sure. And our audience too, I you know, we post those do you care polls and uh then get one vote uh for <laughs> people caring about the XFL. So yeah, yeah, yeah poor XFL. Horrible, bro. They don't got no playmakers, like arena football is better. There's a seven on seven flag league that is way more entertaining. Oh my god, yes, absolutely. The, the heart the tackle one, like absolutely yeah. I did like arena football. Does that still happen? Does that still happen? Nah, they got they went bankrupt if I'm not mistaken. But they I, they tried they, to come back. The Philadelphia Soul was the truth, bro. Th- there's there's some organization that's doing it. I just remember watching a clip like maybe a year or so ago of a of a was it a wide receiver or quarterback threw a touchdown and then basically went to the sideline, smoked a joint like right on the field. Like it was just crazy. Oh, I like, it's just, remember, yeah, yeah. It's just this is this is where we're at with things. So yeah, yeah. Like um, that's that's that, and we can end the pod on that. Sam, close. I lied. Out. One one person one person said they cared about the XFL. It's probably our friend Dave from Sports Illustrated used to work at the XFL or for WWE. So it's probably Dave. Makes sense. I will confirm. Hey, but uh, Harrison Dame, thank you so much for joining us. You're always uh, always welcome. The mic is always Pleasure. on for you. Appreciate it. So for Harrison, Dame, and Brandon, thank you so much for listening to Chasing Points Podcast. Episode 89 in the books. We'll be back next week. Until then, peace. Three things. Jeez. Wait, what? We're still on? This no, is the point it's not, where it's not the It's not the point you stuff. talk. This is the point I talk. Shh. Number one. I love these three gentlemen. That's number one. Number two, Mookie Betts just admitted that the Red Sox in 2018 used video to steal signs, but made sure to say they didn't do it during the World Series. Mookie, I love you, but use a lie. (laughs) It's a whole lie. All right, that's number one or number two. Number three. And the most important out of all of this, well, outside the fact that I love these gentlemen, John Bones Jones fights next weekend. I will repeat, John Bones Jones fights next weekend. If you have or any of you are my friends on here and want to do anything at 10 p.m. on Saturday, March 4th, know that I will not be leaving my household unless you have this fight on. I don't care if your child is having a christening. Uh, I don't care if you need me to help you move something. I'm watching John Bones Joe. And uh, that's it. That's all I have to share with y'all. Invite me over so we can watch the fight or don't talk to me. Bye.